Let's get into the word this morning. Are you ready for the word of God? I'm like a little bit koud cry. We're going to trust the Holy Spirit is going to bring some fire this morning. And um, amen. Jock's got his tea We pray and get our only source of truth on this earth. And Father, I thank you that your word has power. And I thank you that your word has the power to break bondages, to break mindsets, and to break lies of the enemy over our lives. And so, Father, I every word that you will thrust deeper into your truth this morning. Lord, so that we can have mindsets that are free from any lies, free from any strongholds, so that we are able to walk in freedom and walk in the victory that you have died to give to us. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be so present in every part of this spiritual eyes and ears, that we might hear what your Spirit is saying this morning for each one of us. And so we thank you for your love this morning. We bless your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. So, you know, we've been speaking. When we moved, uh, God really spoke to me and Johannes, and he said, I want you to teach about the kingdom. And when I started looking through the Gospels and I started looking at what did Jesus actually teach, I realized that Jesus only taught about the kingdom of God. God and came from the Father and in heaven so that we can establish that same thing here on earth. And I love the fact that we have been able to talk about that scripture, Romans 14, 17, where it speaks about the righteousness of God, the peace of, of God, and the joy to some of the podcast. And so um, on there's a link on Facebook. And um, I just want to say again, our notes are on you version. So if you want to follow, I've got a lot of scripture this morning. So if you want to follow, it's only when I go back um, to remember different things that God spoke to me in the service. And so sometimes I find like it's, it's really good to take the word in the week and to get it into your heart again. It's one thing to hear a message. It's another thing to make it your own. And I believe we're in a season where we so that it, when it comes inside of us, it has the power to change us. Amen. Okay, so this morning I want to continue on the theme of the kingdom of God. And I want to speak about a, a principle or shall we call it a key of the kingdom that I actually think sometimes we underestimate again. And I know this, and that is the power of our words. The power of our words. Now again, I don't know why, but the Lord always puts these really heavy topics on my heart. And then I say to Johannes, I'm really, um, who knows the ugly topic. As soon as you start digging in the word, you find out how much more there is that God is saying about this topic. And then there's suddenly a thousand examples that you can give. So I'm going to give it my best shot. Johannes is timing me. But I want you to know is really when we go, son, we go research that topic for ourselves. And so I want to encourage you, if this also speaks to you like it spoke to me, then take some of these scriptures and really ask the Lord to, to make it come alive to you and to help us to change. Because I think in this season particularly, we're really in any season, the way that we speak and we speak has the power to change the direction, the course of our life. And I want to take you through Proverbs 18 verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who in... I've got another one here that I want to... It's also amplified, but I think it's the amplified C. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their 
words. Message translation. Words kill or it gives life. It is either poison or fruit you choose. The Bible says our words can either kill and destroy or it can bring life. We have the choice. To Samantha earlier, microphone. I need my hands to talk. When Johanna sometimes holds my hands, I cannot talk. Okay, and so, so the Bible gives us two options. The Bible says we can either speak life or we to make death. And so I want to read you this scripture as well. And this really yo, made me sit up straight. James 3 verse 4 to 5 in the message. This is again talking about the tongue and the power that lies within the sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything. One word can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set It says further, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish anything or destroy it. Then it says, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on reputation, right from the world of hell. That is what it says in James 3 verse 4 to 5 in the message translation. So we can see that the words we speak, when we can find ourselves in a place, when we can control what we speak, we can take. So we can see our words have tremendous power. And if you read through the book of Proverbs, we don't have enough time to go through all of the scriptures in Proverbs. There's probably, there's hundreds of references to the power of our words, but I just want to kind of make mention of a few. There's a lot of warnings about the things in our lives, in other words, around us, our nation, our church, you know, your city, your leaders, whoever, wherever you direct your words at. And Jesus also said in Matthew, he spoke to the Pharisees, and they were basically blaspheming the Holy Spirit because he was telling Jesus from what he speaking against the Holy Spirit because obviously he was performing miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, every person will give account one day for every idle word that we speak. And even one minister said this, he said, I don't and that to me was scary because I know when I take this microphone, Johannes records for the podcast. So uh, automatically when you know someone is recording your words, you just know that you have to be very careful with what you say. And obviously we speech the word, speaking the word of God. And so that thought of God is actually recording our words. When I read it again this week, I was like, wow, Lord, I repent because I know I'm not always speaking words that bring evil. Amen words or to that there's a lot of warning speaking without thinking I think sometimes I'm one of those people that I'm very quick to speak I'm very quick off the bat and the Bible warns us against that because there can be great danger in not thinking before we speak one says we need to say we need to over our mouth be careful the psalmist is praying keep me Lord from speaking thoughtlessly in Proverbs 10 it says Talk, too much talk leads to sin. We need to be sensibles and, sensible and keep our mouth shut. Ephesians 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk prop your mouth, but reckless words pierce like swords. Proverbs 15 says, Harsh words stir up anger. Harsh, harsh words are painful and careless words. 
Proverbs 15, just three in the tongue. It says, perverseness in the tongue is when we speak words that are really depressing. Have you ever been in someone's presence where, I mean, you just feel depressed after talking to them for five minutes? Because, I mean, the world is just crashing as we know it. One of those overwhelmed and depressed after they've spoken to me. If you claim to be, James 1 says, if you claim to be religious but you can't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. The Bible is hectic. James 3 says, blessing and cursing came not bring out of the same mouth. Cursing out of the same that is mouth. That doesn't please the Lord. But on the other side, how powerful can our words be? How much power can we have by speaking life, by speaking blessing, by encouraging people? Proverbs 10 says, the mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. Proverbs that the tongues of words bring healing. I believe that is also talking about physical healing. Okay, Proverbs 13 says, guarding our mouth preserves life. It protects our life. Gentle words in Proverbs 15, it's for gentle answers. Proverbs wrath. It says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Life. What is a gentle tongue? What is a gentle tongue? A gentle tongue is soft and encouraging words. Words that speak life. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge. Proverbs 15. The heart of the gracious words are before come, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Your words can actually bring healing to the bones of people who need it. It can bring preach. And Proverbs 25 says, people's house of gold in settings of silver, so is a word spoken in the right circumstance. How good is a timely word of God? And I believe even as we open up the Bible in Genesis 1, we can see that there's problem toward our times where it says, God said, let there be light. God said, let the waters, God said it, he saw, let there be a firmament in the waters. God spoke and things happened. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. God said, let the dry land appear. God says, and bring forth, globally blessed his people. He blessed creation. How many times did God say, it is good. So we can see that we serve a God who created words of life, who created words of power. People on earth, he told Adam to go and name all the animals. He had to surely speak to name the animals. So we can see that God has given us that same ability to choose life, to speak words of life, and to words of create so dangerous, but also so powerful. The Bible says in John 1 verse 1 that the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that speaks about Jesus. The Bible says, because we made it in and through Jesus Christ. Nothing was done without Him. And obviously, Holy Spirit was also there. But then, listen to this. I told you I have a lot of scripture. Hebrews 1 verse 3. The entire universe is held up by the command of His Word. Entire universe is held up by the command of his word. That's Hebrews 1 verse 3. Okay, God's word is power. It is creative power. It is life. It brings forth. It creates. So something in the spiritual, there's, that there is a manifestation in the natural realm. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this, so follow me. When God created the universe, he used such a word like a carpenter uses a natural, God built a station. 
You might not see it in instantly, but you will see it at some point. Amen. Okay, so the second point I made was that God shows us his creative power by his words. Number three, I'm going to your web numbers. So if you look at 6 verse 17, we've spoken about, Ephesians 6 speaks about the spiritual battle. I don't know if it's there. Um, but we know that there is a spiritual battle going on, amen? And we know that we've got spiritual weapons. Our weapons are not carnal, but it is spiritual. If you don't have it, I can read it. And it's God. Now, the word is the, the Bible is not just something that we read and something that maybe gains a little bit of dust because maybe we don't kind of open it every day. The Bible is your sword. It is your weapon that you go out with for warfare without your armor. It's if, you go, you, if you go into battle, I mean, you've been in the army. You don't go out with what? A, a gun. What do you use in the army? Hand grenades. <laughs> what, what is happening in the army? I don't see one for when you go into battle and you know there's an enemy and he's coming or they are coming for you, will you go out into the battle without your sword? No. Hallelujah. So why is it that so many Christians are walking around without a weapon? Christians not walking in the authority that God has given them. And what is coming out of our mouths? I am astounded. When I go on Facebook and I read what Christians write on Facebook, the judgment, the critique, the convicted pity, saying I'm an angel, but I am saying, Nia, come on, we have to live like Christians who are in victory. And it starts with our mouth. It starts with this little rudder that moves the ship. We've got to wash our mouths with the word harvest and the offense start speaking of the creative power of the word of God. Amen. Okay, Isaiah 55, 11. It was so awesome this morning as we were praying for the volunteers. Jock was praying and he was quoting this scripture and I thought the Holy Spirit is here. It says, So shall my word be that God is using any effect of being useless, but it shall accomplish, everyone say, it shall accomplish, that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper, it prosper, this is God saying, in word, when my word gets sent out, it will accomplish what it is sent forth to do. The word is a weapon, and we need to arm ourselves with the word of God. Okay? So number four, how do we find the weapon of the word of God? This disclaimer in, okay, now I'll put it in a little bit later. I'm not going to go there right now. The first point I want to make, how do we fight with the word of God? Sissy is present. I'm loving it. 4.1, we need to defeat and silence the enemy's lies in our lives, thought life. Okay, so whenever we recognize a thought, say for example, I wake up this morning and I'm thinking I am worthless. I, I'm not good enough to bring the word, you know, I, I, this was probably my idea, this was not God's idea, I don't feel ready, I, or is that God, I don't feel equipped. That's the enemy's thought. Why? Because he doesn't want you to move to the area that God has called you to. He wants to stop you dead in your tracks. And I know this is maybe foundation, but this is still can distinct a lot of us struggle between a truth and a lie. And we've been speaking a lot about this, but we can speak about this every day because we will always need it. If we don't know the word of God and understand the word of God, what the word says about us, about God, about who we are, like we sang, you say, I am a child. We must sing it, but we must believe it. 
And we must know what the Bible, what, what actually does he say about me? And I love how Jesus did it. We can always just look to Jesus' example. Luke 4 verse 4. Then Jesus went back throughout the whole region about. Huh? I don't know what. Near this verse 4. Did I write verse 40? Okay, that's my fault. Sorry. Luke 4 verse 4. It says the following. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. So we know that Jesus went in and there was some test that he had to overcome before he started walking in the power of his ministry. And the Bible says, and he ate nothing during those days. He came to him and he said he was hungry. If you are the son of God, command this stone to turn into bread. So the first thing the enemy did was he came and he accused Jesus or he made him doubt his identity. He replied, but the problem was written and forever remains written. That man shall not live by bread alone. And you can read through that whole passage in Luke 4, where every time the enemy came with some type of lie, some type of distortion of the truth, Jesus answered him, it is spoke the word back. And he knew who he was. He knew the word of God. And he used against any attack, he used the weapon of the word to counteract that lie and to say, this is the truth. This is what my God says. This is who I am. You are a liar. And then it says, the Bible says, okay. devil, turn around. If you're back, you quote scripture. You speak the truth. And you don't think the truth. This is what I want to establish in our hearts this morning. You speak the truth. You open up your mouth and you speak it back into the spirit. That's where the power And there's actually research that shows that we believe more of what we hear ourselves say than what we hear other people say. So we are going to get to the power of confessing the word of God out loud. I want to speak about that this morning. Seeing we believe that that's a that's why things are not happening. That's why breakthrough is not coming. Because this power of the word of God is not being utilized the way that it can be. So we need to speak. Amen. Point four, point two. <laughs> point four, point two. How do we fight with the word of God? Build each other up in nine. Let's see. Yes. Okay, I've got it. It says the following. Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech is fitting to the need occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. How beautiful is that? Only speak words. And again, you know, we need God's grace. All of us sometimes speak words that maybe are not a blessing. But if we are witnesses in Christ, what intentional am I speaking over them? Am I encouraging them? If I see James looks a little bit discouraged today, is there a word that God wants me to release to him today that just blesses him, that just tells him and reminds him, I used to, <laughs> loves you. If I come to church and, and even any kind of occasion that we were in, and our pastor, JC, would always tell me, no matter what was going on, no matter what was going on in the natural circumstances, JC would always say, Muni wari ni ya. And you know what? I started to believe it. <laughs> I really believe it's going to be okay. Okay, sometimes we need people to lift up our arms. And the most powerful thing we can use is the word to encourage people. Speak life into one another. You know, pray this week. We spoke about it as a team and we said on Wednesday night, we were like, maybe we pray, dear, the Holy Spirit more. God wants to speak something. He wants someone on Sunday. 
And I thought, someone in our team suggested it, and I thought, what a powerful idea. That's, that should be normal for us as Christians. What does God want to release through us to other people? And you know how we, how people have spoken is so negatively when you grow up. A lot of our wounds we carry from our childhood. And I remember, I think I was 11 or 12 years old. Now, this was probably not a word that, I mean, some people have had much worse things spoken over each name, like, you know, that really broke I a character that broke down mid-twenties. When I first got an opportunity to speak in front of people, and I was petrified. I was so afraid. I had no courage. I was very insecure. I had no confidence whatsoever. I was saved by this time. And someone asked people, oh, my chair, my throat closed up. My stomach was in knots. I was freaking out. And... I remember in my mind were the words that were spoken over me when I was 12 years old. When we were supposed to be cheerleaders, okay, it was the athletic, and they picked a before somewhere. People, and um, I remember standing behind my friends, and I really wanted to be a cheerleader. I really thought I could do it. And I remember standing behind them, and she said, in front of everyone, she said, Marissa cannot be a cheerleader because she cannot speak. She can't speak loud enough. No one can hear her, and her one opportunity powerful enough. She called me to speak, and when I got my first opportunity to do it, I thought, no, I can't do it, because someone told me when I was 12, I can't. And I remembered those words for another 12 years, more, 15 years. Teach, and so, you know, a parent, a grandparent spoke words over you that affected you negatively. Those things, words last, and words can really, really hurt. Amen. Children especially are very sensitive to our words, even our tone. It is not just, Johannes and I often have everything about our demeanor and the way we look or don't look. You know, if I talk to someone and I don't even make eye contact, you are going to think I'm not even interested. Or my favorite, he's with someone. When you're having a conversation, a deeper tone is just, what is that communicating to someone? We have this conversation often because we do it to each other. What is? Yeah. It's more important. Communicates this conversation right now. But these are just basically manners. But let's get back to words. Something else that I think <laughs> that this was where we are. Sometimes something that's also really hurt me in church, especially, is sarcasm. Because I think sarcasm is like words that I speak, but it's disguised as joking. And sarcasm refers to the use of words that mean the opposite of what you really want to say. Especially in order to insult someone, saying they are really on top of things to describe a group of people who are very disorganized is actually sarcasm. Most often sarcasm is biting and it intends to cause pain. Very sarcastic. Read uh, Proverbs 26 verse 18. 26 verse 18, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is the one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. That says like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows and death is the man who deceives a neighbor and says, I was only joking. Be very careful of sarcasm. I used to be in church and there was a particular one of our leaders said to Johannes, they confront this person because it's hurtful and they end up laughing and walking away. Those type of words can really hurt. But on the other side, 
Words that are encouraging in this stuff also like insecure and not believing in myself and not thinking I'm good enough to be used by God because, you know, I don't have the right education. I'm a woman. Women can't lead. Women can't preach. I'm not going to go there. You know, all these things, I thought I'm not good enough to be used by God to bring the bodies because I had this thing that makes your heart come alive. No. And that's the place where the enemy will try and fight you the most because he also knows. And I remember in my first time that I, that I was in this church, I had a leader. She probably had the gift of encouragement. There is such a thing as a spiritual gift of encouragement. I was in her presence, but I felt like I could conquer the world. When I was in her presence, I felt like I was the most gifted person on the planet. I felt like, man, God is going to use me mightily. He's going to change people's lives. Best message I've ever heard. You know, you are such a great leader. I wasn't even leading anyone. <laughs> she was like, you are a phenomenal leader. What an incredible word. What a beautiful prayer. Even though I probably can't even can't sing, tell them how beautiful they're singing. <laughs> We're not talking about that. But we are talking about when you see the potential inside of someone, you can call that potential out through speaking words of life over them. The way we speak life over our children way that we can speak lightness and the way that you have this speaks to me will also influence where we go in the direction that we go. And although my love language, you know, we all have, you know, the love languages. So in a marriage and, you know, even among friends and between leaders and, and you know, co-workers, it's to know people's love language when people give them encouragement. That is my love language. I love words of affirmation. You can give me gifts. I, I think I have all the love languages. Johannes is like, <laughs> but particularly he knows words make after a Sunday. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the best message in the world. Johannes will always tell me that was the most powerful message you've preached. And that makes me feel like, okay, you're here and now we can do it. When my spouse, when the most important person in my life speaks life into me like that, it has power. You're the best you. Maybe he didn't even get one run. But it's the principle. Do you understand the heart and the principle of speaking that life? People will rise to the occasion of where we speak. Or negative. So I want to encourage you. I'm not saying don't, don't address an issue where there's an issue. We're not speaking about that. But I'm just speaking how, how I speak about Johannes to other people is huge. How he speaks about me to other people is massive. God is really serious about, we use the word we speak in, to release operational faith in our lives. I want to read to you scripture, Romans 4 verse 17. And we spoke about this this week with some people. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. This is not speaking. He believes who gives life to the dead. And now please read this with me. And speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. In whom he, whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. Hebrews 11 was one, were, verse 1. I can circle with my word of faith is the things hopeful, things not yet seen. What has God spoken to you? 
What has God spoken to you that you need to speak that into being? Now, here is the disclaimer. We are not saying, and I know that about naming and being out there, okay? I can just now name and claim a red Ferrari, and it has to be in my garage tomorrow morning because I've now named it, and I've claimed it. It is mine. What is the problem with that scenario? Really? As God foretold. So it is the principle of speaking and declaring God's word, God's plan for my life, God's prophetic word over my life until I see it fulfilled. You know, there's a scripture, and I didn't even think about this, but when, when Jesus, Elizabeth was born, when Mary, what was his name? John the Baptist, Zachariah, thank you, Adele. Zachariah, his mouth was shut by God. Because why? He spoke death and unend over the promise and the word. These things, and the Bible actually that Zechariah started to speak doubt and death. And God was not going to, you know, take the chance of this baby and this promise being aborted. So we can even speak life and death over the promises of God over here. JC, I remember JC telling us, you need to speak Namibia into being. The reason we are sitting here is because we spoke that prophetic word. God is getting all the glory for it, but God gave us partnership. Christians, we receive a word and we receive a prophetic word and, you know, we've got a promise from God, but we kind of just sit back and wait for it to happen. And that's not always how God's economy of faith works. There is a principle of releasing the word into the spiritual realm. There is a principle of speaking it into being. I spoke a word of God, of how my marriage was going to be in ministry. We are going to, our marriage is going to be a vehicle that God is going to use in our ministry. And so I started speaking that before I even met him. I knew that I was going to marry someone who was going to be with me in full-time ministry. I knew that from the time that I got full-time, I knew full-time ministry. I knew it inside of me. And I spoke that. I had daily declarations that I spoke over my life every day because I didn't want the promise of God to be aborted in my life. Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. I want to read you this scripture as well. God's message is near you on your lips, and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares his suddenly and speaks out. So even in our faith, yes, we believe in our heart, but the Bible still says we need to confess with our mouth. Why? Because there is power in me securing my salvation. My salvation is secure. Hear my heart, right? But there's still a place of speaking it in the spiritual realm. The Greek word is actually the Strong's word homologio. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. But that means... To say the same thing as another, to agree with, to concede, not to refuse, not to deny, but to declare openly, to pray, should not be, and to celebrate. Well, I'm very sorry, but I understand the word of God to say that my words are powerful, and if I want to see God's plan for my life established, if I want to see God's promises in my life, and if I want to walk in victory, then I better get my mouth in line with the word of God. Because this says that I need I should say it like Zechariah, okay, 
I should not deny, but I must declare openly and praise. Does that make sense this morning? When we are children of God, we are righteous by faith. As that's, It's our mirror. It is who we are. It is what God wants us to have. This belongs to us. And again, this to me is like that scripture of righteousness or that concept of righteousness. If I don't believe that I'm right with God, then that's why we don't confess what I have. Because I don't believe that that's mine. What does the Bible say that we have as children of God? Does anyone know? What does the Bible say is ours? Provision. In the kingdom of God, provision is mine. Deliverance is mine. It says so. Freedom, peace, joy, righteousness, favor, grace, forgiveness, abundance, power is mine because the word says so. My last point is that we need you can tell a lot where someone is by the prayers that they pray. When we know the Word of God and we pray the Word of God, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, that the Word has to accomplish that for which it was sent forth to do. God's will, okay? We're praying what He has already said yes to. And sometimes we don't get answers to our prayers because we're not praying. God's will over our lives. Not always. There are times where we have to wait on the Lord. Amen. What, are you, what is coming out of your finances? What are we speaking over our spouses, over our marriages? What are we speaking over our children? What are we speaking over our church? Johannes and I are not speaking what we're seeing at the barn right now. We are sent to one community that we are going to be. We are speaking outreaches that are going to see signs, wonders, and miracles going to flow. The dead are going to come to life. The dead are going to be raised up. Blind people are going to see. Deaf people are going to hear. Signs and wonders. It has been prophesied over this ministry. Okay? With faithful words, Jesus calmed the raging sea. With faithful words, Jesus raised the widow's son. With faithful words, Jesus called Lazarus from the tomb, and he said to him, Come, Lazarus, come forth. We need to speak to those giants in our lives. For I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. God is waiting for us to speak the word so that heaven's armies can move and fulfill the word. Listen to this, Psalm 103, verse 20. It is powerful, Owens. It says, Almighty, affectionate ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of the word. When does God's angels go in to perform the word? When they hear the word of God being spoken. Do we command angels? Can I know voice of the word of God? So in other words, when I speak God's word, angels go into motion. Joyce Meyer used to say, some of your angels are bored to death. <laughs> because they don't hear the word of God. Beam can just add some music at the back if you have because I'm going to go into a moment of prayer. But I really believe there is power, especially in this season where a lot of us are facing giants in our lives. We need to see God's promises fulfilled. The scripture I love in, I almost said in David, in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. I don't know if we've got that last one. Okay. Okay. 
It says, near as you come on, I'll just read it. 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 46. Then David said to the Philistine, Tiny Choker, remember, and everyone in his world in the natural said to him, He can't do it. They said, No, the armor is too big for you. They said, No, you're just the cheese boy. What do you know? You haven't even been trained in war. What do you know? And you, this giant telling him that his own brothers, his own family didn't believe in him. But David knew he had enough experience with the Lord. He was anointed already to be king. And David said the following, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. Giant. I come to you. Nothing in the natural gave him any confidence whatsoever. I hope you are hearing what I'm saying this morning. And he said to him, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of me, Israel, whom you take you down and I will cut off your head. And I will give the corpses of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Right in the eye, and we need to prophesy the word of God over these giants. We need to speak words of life over them. And we need to tell them that this day, my God is going to take you down. It doesn't matter what we see in the natural church. Single. I know this is not easy. But this is where this community is powerful so we can encourage one another. Nia Buta, come, speak again. Speak again. What is the prophetic word God gave you? Don't be disappointed by how the world is trying to tell you it's never going to happen. Yes, God is never early, but He's never late. What is the giant in your life that you need to prophesy to this week? What is this thing that God is saying? You need to speak my word, my child, so that my angels' armies can go and perform and fight the battle on your behalf. Amen. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to focus your mind on the Lord. Focus on Jesus this morning. In your heart this morning, I really felt as I was preparing this message and as I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that your spirit wants to tell your children this Sunday? I felt like there may be people in this room today that, that I had a battle with work ago, 20 years ago. And it has affected you. Those words have lasted your whole life. And it has affected you negatively. You find yourself in different places. It's, it's like a, I remember when I was bringing a different message, but we were also speaking about faith in, in Cape Town, I think a year or two ago. And I named an example, dumb. said that I felt like there was someone in the room who don't have any in life that they are, and, and that they have struggled, and we are going to break the power of those words over them that day. And a man in his 40s came up to Johannes afterwards, and he said, that is me. He said, someone told him in primary school that he's dumb, a teacher or someone said to him, yes, dumb man. And we were able to pray with him and break the power of those words. And I want to ask you this morning to be really bold. If you feel like you are struggling in the area of words that have been spoken negatively over you, then I want you to just stand. We are just going to pray. Sometimes breakthrough are bold. When we are taking a stand and we are saying, Jesus, I need your freedom more than what I care about what people think. And everyone's eyes can remain closed as we are in this moment.
ministering to our heart. Father, I just want to die. And Father, I want to pray over every person this morning that I've taken the courage to say, Lord, words were spoken over me that were words of death, words that affected me negatively, words that I'm still hearing in my mind whenever different situations come up. And Father, I thank you that by the name, we break its power, we cancel those weapons formed against them. And the word actually says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And Father, to reverse that, I want to speak words of blessing over your children this morning. Lord, I want to speak words of faith. You, I want to speak words, give them new words to say how you feel about them and what you are declaring over them. And that those are the words that from this moment on will carry power and tremendous. You will also go in the sin to forgiveness for anyone who's spoken words over you. It's very important that we release people and let them go. Many times people speak words because they don't know what they are doing. Sometimes people speak negative less because those were the words of a spirit that you would renew their minds into the area that you need them to grasp and understand and take your truth, take hold of your truth. And I pray that those new words of blessing and courage and faith and being men of valor Will your spirit deep in their spirit call them forth courageous, amazing warriors for Christ? Arise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. You can take your seats. And I want to pray for a few of people as we are just giant in this to come. It can be any situation, it could be in your marriage, it could be in your job, your business. If you feel like the state of the nation is a giant for you right now, whatever it is, then I just want you to stand. Just keep your eyes clavered. We are just going to pray in Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It can be anything. And I want all of us to actually pray this together. I didn't actually write this down. I just feel like God wants to do something. So we are just going to roll. You are the King of kings. I want you to that Jesus are the word and that you are truth. Lord, I ask you today to equip me afresh with your promise, a specific scripture, a prophetic word that I can use in the battle this week to defeat the giant. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And Lord, I thank you that even though your word says we are in a spiritual battle, Lord, we are not waging against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of darkness. Lord, I thank you that you've given us your word, that you've given us power, that you've given us truth. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind fresh of the power of the word of God. We can declare the victory. And even if we have to wait to see its manifestation, that you would help us to wait with patience and with courage in the weeks to come. And Lord, I just want to declare breakthrough over every person who needs breakthrough and take those business and yet I speak over every prophetic word of new business I speak over every prophetic word of a new job and of new finances coming in of new business coming in we call it forth in Jesus name I declare favor over every one of your good one Lord I pray that you're anointed different about strong on them I pray that they would go filled by your spirit Lord that
that everywhere they go, they will just attract your grace, your favor, your mercy, and your goodness. We declare your provision. We declare healing. We declare your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Never alone, Lord, and you would never leave us, and you would never forsake us. And we pray that in the precious, most powerful, holy name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Pray that that has just encouraged your heart and your spirit this morning, that our God is for us. Amen. And if you need any specific prayer, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for any situation in your life, Johannes and I are here. We are always going to take time to pray after the service. So feel free to grab a cup of blessed week, hang an awesome afternoon, and then we will see you next Sunday. Be blessed.